for many doctors and nurses, the pandemic won't end when it does for the rest of us. The physical, emotional, and psychological toll of the past year will persist. And in some cases, things are going to get worse, even after the volume of daily COVID-19 cases reaches a trickle. Clinicians aren't just burned out. They're traumatized. Some will suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder as a result of their experience. And that's not just a problem for the individual suffering. If the workforce itself can't recover, then our already strained supply of care providers might actually reach a breaking point. The ultimate solution to this challenge is likely to be highly variable. The specific clinical and non-clinical needs of any one healthcare worker will look different from the next, and so too will their treatment. But there's one step toward the ultimate solution that we cannot afford to miss, and it means we're actually going to have to make the supply problem worse before things get better. We must provide clinicians with a recovery period. That means literally giving doctors and nurses time to step back, to access the tools to heal and treat their trauma, and ultimately, eventually return to the workforce. Now, this isn't exactly a novel concept. After risking their lives on the front lines, members of the military earn a period of reprieve from their service. In my own time in the U.S. Army, I watched my friends and peers come to rely on this cycle of service. In the peak of the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, the knowledge that after months in combat, we could come home and be afforded the time and space to recover was what helped prepare soldiers for whatever their service demanded next. Now, the way that we approach military health is by no means perfect. But the premise underlying a tour of duty is instructive. To sustain engagement and health among service members over the long term, we can't expect them to operate under combat conditions indefinitely. So what does a recovery period look like in healthcare? Individual organizations and their leaders should approach the concept in much the same way that they do when developing other employee benefits figure out who qualifies, and then provide those clinicians with a clear set of options for their personal recovery, including details on how and when those options can actually be exercised. Physical recovery could include things like temporary leaves of absence, temporary role changes, a more relaxed workflow, reductions in hours, and so on and so forth but it has to be paired alongside meaningful opportunities to emotionally recover and address our collective trauma. To be clear, this is not a mandatory move for staff, although we do recommend an opt-out approach to counteract that I'm fine culture that many healthcare workers have. And importantly, organizations can't rely on their existing benefits package alone to provide recovery, because telling physicians suffering from PTSD that they have to use their existing PTO isn't going to actually address the root causes of trauma, and it might ultimately lead to more burnout and more turnover. And just as important, organizations can't stop at simply reducing working hours. 
It will be the combination of time off and tools that provide emotional support that makes recovery effective. It will also be what makes recovery temporary. Giving clinicians the time and space to recover might seem like a radically simple idea. But the practical challenge is that the healthcare industry is already supply constrained. There are no reserves and there is no National Guard standing by to send into battle when one tour ends. And unlike the military, we can't rapidly train a group of new clinicians with the knowledge and skills to deliver high-quality care. And yet, if the clinical workforce is unable to recover, the industry's long-term fears of physician and nursing shortages might come to fruition sooner than we're actually able to prepare to solve the problem. We've already seen this happen. During the worst months of the COVID-19 crisis, the healthcare industry got a snapshot of what competing for a limited supply of talent and expertise would look like. Some hospitals were left with unsafe staffing ratios, or maybe the perception of unsafe staffing ratios. And that happened even as they paid four or five times market rate for travel nurses to come to the rescue. Competing over a limited supply of talent and expertise will no doubt impact clinical outcomes. And it'll also increase turnover, making supply challenges even worse. Our best shot at preventing a major shortage in the long term is to actually create a smaller but temporary shortage in the near term. Fortunately, there are three measures leaders at healthcare organizations can take to protect supply, even while they give clinicians the recovery period they so desperately need. First, they can prioritize and sequence how a recovery period is made available. Not all clinicians will need or even want to step back. The experience of a nurse working in a COVID-19 unit is likely very different than, say, an interventional cardiologist. So leaders should develop a principled set of criteria for determining which staff roles to prioritize first. And even those who qualify for a recovery period won't necessarily want to use it in the same way, hence the value of options, as I previously mentioned. Second, Leaders can continue using flexible staff arrangements, especially those that were developed out of necessity during the pandemic. Throughout the past year, organizations have asked their staff to work varied hours, different shift lengths, and even practicing at different locations. They ask staff to take on combined roles or maybe even stretching their skills into different clinical areas. These same approaches will help make a recovery period more viable. The last move actually provides perhaps the biggest opportunity. We can stretch capacity while creating room for recovery if we're able to actually invest in tech-enabled care. There is a lot that technology can do to offload the most time-intensive administrative tasks. Think patient record-keeping. That will allow clinicians to free up valuable bandwidth. Investing in things like AI-powered bots to perform routine intake and even perform certain parts of the diagnostic process 
will ultimately ensure that clinicians' time is reserved for the most important steps in the treatment process. We at Advisory Board have written extensively on the role that technology can play in boosting clinician supply, particularly in the ambulatory space. Using technology to boost efficiency and actually break the one-size-fits-all way of delivering care would have been a necessary response to future clinician shortages anyways. Now just seems like the right time to finally make the investment. We have to play the long game here. Giving clinicians a recovery period is the best opportunity to promote their individual well-being and to protect future workforce supply, even if it requires some near-term trade-offs. As a society, it seems like the least we can do. probably recognize my voice. I'm Ray. I am the host of the Radio Advisory Podcast, but you might not know that I'm also a researcher. So when my team and I started thinking about the best way to help the clinical workforce heal, I started to think about my own experience and the experience of my peers that are also veterans. And I couldn't help but think that a tour of duty approach could be viable in healthcare. But if we're going to do it, we have to do it now. You can check out my piece in the Harvard Business Review at the link in our show notes, as well as some more information on how to give clinicians the physical and emotional recovery that they deserve.